from Relay FM. This is the Pan Attic episode 320. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's and Squarespace. My name is Mike Hurley. I'm joined by Brett Dowdy. Hello, Mike Hurley. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Very good. Happy good. to have you here, you know, that you survived uh, <laughs> the District of Columbia's Fountain Pen Super Show. Um, <laughs> it was questionable, right? If I would return. Yeah, uh, but you did. Healthy. And I will say I was following along on Instagram with everyone. I was heartily jealous mm. um, of people hanging out at the show and that I couldn't be there. Um, but it looked it looked really great. So it was fun to yeah, see was... pictures of people in the bar. I was like showing a dinner some and like pointing out, oh, no, this is where all the cool kids sit. They're over here on this <laughs> long table in the corner. So, yeah, it, lo- it looked like a really great time. You seemed like you were in much better spirits than you were last year. So I'm very keen, I think, might as well get it so off the top of the show. I'm very keen to know how the show went for you. It was awesome. Every step of the way. So, you know, we had our difficulties last year. They were mostly contained to Friday, where the show promoter was not, essentially not ready. And he failed everyone miserably. Yeah, I I think it's clear to see that every problem of last year's could be put down to the fact that it was a new hotel. Yeah, well, right? and the the promoter didn't do as good a job as he needed to do. But so, I, with, I still think that that's part hotel. of it, right? So, like, they got a new place, and he didn't know how to deal with the new place. Right, like, it just, like, it, right. it all ended up being a disaster because they had kind of no idea how everything worked. And I think that that was part, like, not being prepared because hadn't had to be prepared in the past, right? Because it was like, oh, I know this right. place. I know how it works. But that's not right. how it works. Right, so last year, the show opens Friday, 10 Mm a.m. Vendors didn't get their tables till most of them after noon or so. And that means that customers have been waiting for even the vendors to get their tables. So it was a giant mess, and I'm tired of talking about it, but I do need to talk about it just to set up. This year, um, the difference was the exact opposite experience. Like, we went down, we had our table. We knew our tables Thursday night. Um, a lot of people started to set up Thursday night. A lot of people were able to set up early Thursday morning, uh, excuse me, Friday morning. And Jeff and I were ready to go at 10 a.m. Friday morning with a knock table. Like we were set up, we were done. We were open for business yeah. 10 a.m. Friday morning. And you can't really ask for much more than that. You know, I, I repeated it many, many times over the weekend because people who were there last year, were curious how this year compared and people who weren't there last year but read about it and were new this year wondered how it compared i said we had normal pen show problems not stupid pen show problems like you know just the normal stuff that happens at any pen show you know the unavoidable you know questioning oh is this really our table you know things like that Mm -hmm. um basic stuff that you deal with at every pen show Otherwise, it went off without a hitch, in my opinion. At least for us, we had a very interesting table location. We were basically in the hallway entrance to the main ballroom and main hallway of the show. Yeah, I was a little concerned for you when you told me that because (laughs) I remember last year that every time I walked past the people that were on those tables, I thought to myself, it's a very bad place to be. Yeah, I was a little bit worried about it, too, and it did get a little bit clogged sometimes, but it never got filled up to where you couldn't really walk by. Well, I, I always just thought it was more that people would never stop. Like, they'd never stop to linger because you're going in or leave. You know, like I, I always 
thought that well like people aren't going to stop because you're the first table so they're going to go walk around a bit and then right. the other time they're going to see you is when they're on their way out of the door and they're probably not going to stop mm. then either so i was a little bit like oh i don't know if this is going to be good for him totally agree and it ended up working out so it worked like this when people came into the hotel they could get to the registration table first out in the hotel foyer and it was across the hall from the front room of the show so this room has a giant ballroom a hallway that wraps around it and then separate from those is a the first room in the front of the hotel. So registration was right across that first room. So we were, Jeff and I were watching people. Um, we thought they might just like jump right past us and head on into the big room and, you know, go on about their day. But what was happening is people were checking in and turning right around and going into the first room. So they were ready to start up in there. And then when they'd come out, they'd start right. making their way down our tables, then into the big room. So, you know, I don't think... It was an issue, even though we th kept thinking all weekend, well, this could be an issue, especially on Saturday when it's busy. People may just not want to deal with, you know, the traffic there. But the reality is inside the main ballroom, it's much harder to get in between the aisles than whatever, where we were. So, you know, it was uh, it was pretty interesting to see how it all worked out. And in the end, like it totally worked out from a, for us from a business perspective. Yeah, and I guess you, again, you, you, you have the benefit of there will always be some people at your table, which I think, you know, it, it does really help at shows because you get people that that specifically seek it out because mm -hmm. you're Brad Dowdy, right? Or mm -hmm. because people want to buy knock products, right? Like there is a, a difference to some vendors, I think, in that they people are going to the show, some with a specific goal, to stop at your table. So there's mm -hmm. always people at the table. And when you go past the table where there is people, you are more drawn to it because it shows there's buyable things on that table. Does that make sense? Right, right. It was funny. Um, Elaine from JetPins was there, one of my really good friends. And mm -hmm. she hung out for a little bit. I think it was, I don't know if it was Saturday night or Sunday morning. She says, I'm just going to hang out in here and talk to you guys because, you know, if no one's at the table, no one's going to stop. So if they see someone hanging out here, maybe they'll stop. I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> and I think it really does help when you guys go to the shows. Yeah. That, like yeah. If, if you had somebody else selling your products, right? Like if it was just like a table right. set up by a rando, like I don't think it would still sell good because your products are good. But I don't think you'd sell as much right. because you wouldn't have as many people stopping by. Agree. Agree. So Friday, the setup went smooth. I think across the board, the show vendors and maybe even the attendees felt it was a quieter day than they remembered from last year. But all of our last year's brains are skewed, right? So we have a very confusing, like I couldn't remember what sales we did on Friday last year because it was such a wreck of a setup. We were all very stressed. My memory tells um, me it was kind of okay. Right. Yeah, so uh, you know. I think, so like our sales on Friday, we just thought were okay. Like it was a real yeah. good day, but it wasn't like a blowout, knockout day. But like as with any pin show, pretty much the only day that matters is Saturday, right? Yep. If you do super well Saturday, Friday and Sunday, you're happy with whatever you get. So Saturday, we just killed it all day from the doors open until close. Um, it was a very good sales day. Excellent. And, you know, 
people were lined up at 9 a.m. to get into the show, you know, out in front of the show tables, and we were ready for them. And um, just all day, that was just a really good, really good day. Went by quickly. Um, very, very busy. And then Sunday, a lot of shows you don't do much on Sunday. Like Atlanta Pen Show, we do very little on Sunday. Yet that's one of our best shows of the year, sales wise. Sunday in DC, you stay pretty busy all day. Um, so we had real good sales. And by the end, we squeaked past uh, the 2018 Atlanta show. This was our most sales ever for Notco at a single pin show. So it was, uh, it was very successful for us in, from a business perspective. From a personal perspective, it was extraordinary. The people at this show were amazing. The people at every show are amazing. I feel like I don't ever go, oh, people sucked. <laughs> they were terrible at this show. But um, that's just consistently the best part of any show. Getting to meet all kinds of people, getting to see people from the local show year after year that you've been able to become friends with, you know, online. Then you see them, you know, at their their local show. Um, you get to see people who travel from all around the world to make it make this pin show like I get to see people here that I don't get to see in Atlanta or you know other shows that I go to um and vice versa obviously so it's really cool the feedback like on all our products was great the people that had nice things to say about the podcast there were actually people that missed you Mike they were like they were sad you weren't there which kind of confused me a little bit um I wasn't quite understanding that but I did have you um on my on my chest the whole time so i had my uh kickstarter tallulah pin case and me you and anna's heads on a heads on a stick our little pins so were you you were with us uh you know uh, uh, at least you know you were on my body mike yeah there are images of the pins uh Mm -hmm. that anna was sharing i'll put a link Mm -hmm. in the show notes i'm very 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 excited about them because they Mm -hmm. look <laughs> Lots of great feedback on those. Yep. I wanted to make sure we had those there because we had the black Tallulahs for sale at the show, and those did really well. And I wanted to be able to show people what the Kickstarter one was coming, you know, if they were waiting on those. And I put the pins on there as well. So it was kind of a neat little thing uh, to do. And uh, a sidebar from that, those should be the Kickstarter one should be arriving at my house this week. So, Yay. Uh, yeah, so that's good. And we'll get all that, we'll get all that coordinated. But, um, Man, like just like any show, the people were amazing. This bar scene, like it's not the best bar setup, but it's pretty good. The only negative surrounding the show, um, that I could the only thing I can say bad is like there's not a lot of food options that are easily accessible at this show. You have to drive anywhere if you want to get hotel food mm, is bad, very bad. Well, at least yeah. it was last year, it was very bad. Well, the service was very bad too, which makes always yeah. makes the food taste worse. And that kind of continued this year. They're pretty rough on the service. We overwhelm them, and they haven't learned the lesson, the staffing lesson from that uh, from the previous year. So, if there was any, you know, one one tick in the in the downside column is that the the restaurant and the service staff there is always a struggle. Um, that's been two years in a row consistently. But the bar scene itself, since there's not a lot of places to go outside the hotel. It's packed, like mm-hmm. jam freaking packed. I didn't leave before 1 a.m. Friday and Saturday wow. night. And I w- and that's not like me. I usually go to bed earlier than that because I'm usually wiped out. But there were so many people still there at those times. Like the bar shut down at 11, 1130 those nights. 
when I left about one o'clock, there were still dozens of people just hanging out. So it was good to be around that setup and, you know, just hang out and mix and mingle between, you know, different tables and, you know, different people that you haven't seen, different people you didn't get to say hi to during the day at the show. And uh, it's a real event there at DC. So I, I loved it. It was it was pretty awesome. And then we all got to come together and pay respects to our friend Jim Rouse. You know, we all had some, a lot of us had different types of display things on our table. Franklin Kristoff, of course, had a big, big, huge display um, with a print of Jim and flowers and, you know, Coke bottles with Jim's name on it. And, you know, we had a Coke bottle with Jim's name on it. And I gave those out to a bunch of people. I'd ordered some. So, you know, it was nice to be able to talk about Jim and 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 talk about our buddy that will we will forever miss. So I, I don't want to uh, leave out the wonderful print that Joey Feldman did um, for Jim Rouse, where all of the proceeds for this print are going to Jim's grandchildren, who he cared so much about. And you know, he would always tell me stories about his his grandkids, especially when my kids were around were around Jim. So it was good to be able to not really get closure on Jim's passing, but just to, you know, pay our respects and share our Jim stories with, you know, a bunch of, bunch of friends. Like I haven't gotten to see the, the Franklin Kristoff team, obviously since he passed. So it was nice to be able to chat with Scott and Audrey and, and everyone there. So it was, it was really cool. So this, uh, Joey's print, he has it up for sale until Friday. I think the date he extended the date on the uh, website. So if you look at the website and it says it ends the 6th, it's actually through the 10th or something like that. So you should have time to get that. And uh, I thought that was a cool thing. So big picture, it was practically a 10 out of 10 pen show. Pen out of pen. Yeah, pen out of pen. Mm-hmm. So the only negative I can I can attribute to this show, which probably isn't going to change, is the bar and food scene like we got out of the hotel once you know there's there's absolutely nothing that the organizers of the show can do right like that's right you know that's on the hotel right right so yeah so like i have no qualms about it it was fine we made it through you know we ordered out lunch one day had someone had it delivered you know we went out one night about 10 of us uh piled in some cars drove a couple miles to a restaurant and uh so it it was good to get out for a minute, but, um, yeah, it was fantastic. Um, just the vibe and the people and just the entire scene was really, really great. A lot of people came to the show. It was packed. So good job this year, DC, you've redeemed yourself in a quite admirable fashion. And, um, uh, yeah, I can't wait till next year. For the majority of people, pen shows are not just for selling. Pen shows are for buying. And I do would not never believe that you would go to the Washington, D.C. Fountain Pen Super Show and not walk away with your wallet a little lighter and your pockets a little heavier. <laughs> so uh, I'm sure there's some stuff that you have purchased. But before we do... Maybe we should make you some money. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's please please do that. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's uh, a company that the guys behind Harry's they decided that they wanted to create 
fantastic Razer products because they were fed up of paying super high prices to get something that they were kind of satisfied with full of unnecessary features that they didn't want. So they went to the source. They know that a great shave comes down to great blades which are made with sharp, durable steel that will last. So Harry's got their own factory. They're very confident. They, they went and, and got a factory that's been making some of the best blades in the world for over 95 years. And this allows them to cut out all the unnecessary costs because they will deliver these razors and these incredible blades to you directly for a fantastic price. Harry's can offer their blades at a price much lower than the leading brand because they sell direct to you over the internet. You'll pay just $2 per blade compared to $4 or more that you'll see elsewhere. And they offer a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave... Let Harry's know within 30 days and they'll give you a refund. Now, I know that you just got back from your trip, right? So I'm very confident mm -hmm. that there was a Harry's travel kit somewhere nestled inside of your luggage. Jeff actually laughed at me when I brought out the Harry's Dop kit. He's like, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the famous Dop kit. It's just like, just like, as a matter of fact, like, oh, there it is. And uh, so, yeah, I had to redeem myself the last time Harry sponsored when Les was on the episode. Um, when we talked about me ordering the Pride set the mm -hmm. last time you and I recorded, I forgot misclicked, it, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got it all set and thought I paid for it, and I didn't. What I forgot to mention with Les is that was the order where I added the mystery gift, right? And everyone wanted to know, everyone wanted to know, what's the mystery gift? What's the mystery gift? It was a completely additional handle and blade. So, like, I have this charcoal gray handle and blade now which is good for us since we currently have three harry's users and i'll eventually have a fourth uh if my son ever hits puberty you know one of these years so yeah it was nice to have that extra blade that was what my extra handle and blade that's what the mystery gift was right and then secondly the pride gift set I ended up using the box for my new pencil box on my desk. I had a cigar box, but that box is so nice and fun and colorful, and it's a little bit bigger than a cigar box, so it fits my uh, pencils well. And actually, the Harry's uh, the their social media on Twitter actually thoroughly enjoyed uh, that tweet when I sent it out. So that was fun. You're the Brad Dowdy. That's why. That's right. All right, so if you want to be cool like Brad and get yourself some Harry's products, I have a great way for you to go and do it. You can get a fantastic deal here, right? Because Harry stands behind the quality of their blades. They know that switching razors isn't an easy decision, so they created a special offer for you. New customers can get $5 off a shave set from Harry's with the code PENADDICT when they go to harrys.com. So that means that you could get yourself a set that comes with a five-blade razor, a weighted handle, firming shave gel, and travel cover, all for just $3 once you use that code, plus free shipping. Just use the code PENADDICT at harrys.com, and you will save $5 off absolutely anything, any of their shave sets. So that's really awesome. Join the millions of people who've already switched and go to harrys.com today. Use the code PENADDICT to check out to claim your offer. Thank you so much to Harry's for the continued support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so what did you get? <laughs> I had one thing on my shopping list okay. for this show, and that was to get a pen case from Yenderings. So you've probably been seeing these online. A bunch of yep. people have been seeing these online, and I knew they were going to be at Toronto. So, uh, they're from Toronto, and I knew they would be at D.C. So I wanted to make sure to pick one up. I ended up So I should two. probably see them in Toronto. That would be my expectation. 
Definitely. So yeah. they will be there, and uh, hopefully uh, Yin Yin is going to help me with uh, some logistics questions I'll have uh, on our upcoming Toronto trip. So she's fantastic, and it was wonderful to meet her. I bought – there's two large sizes, one large and one really large uh, pen cases. So I bought one to give away, and I bought one to review. So I – accomplish that that was the one thing on my list i marked that off so you're gonna see uh you're gonna see more of these coming up soon on the pen act i haven't used them yet but uh you will see that in not too long after that like by i don't know all through friday i did that pretty early friday friday afternoon all through friday and through most of the day saturday you know i'd walk around a little bit there was nothing really on my shopping list on my radar and then uh my good friend ewing who Happened to roll by me late Saturday afternoon, like four o'clock or so. He's like, hey, did you see these Nakayas? I'm like, this is going to be trouble. So, you know, you don't get to see Nakayas at pen shows very often because there's only one U.S. retailer. And that's nibs.com. And they usually only go to the L.A. pen show. Um, So you'll get to see one or two secondhand Nakayas every now and then at pen shows. But this show had one gentleman, probably had five or six and then the second gentleman who I ended up buying from probably had a dozen or more. And Ewing showed me the picture, pointed him out in the showroom, and I ended up with a Nakaya. So I was uh, pretty happy with it. I, it was hard to not buy two because the styles were really nice and the colors were something that I wanted in the setup. So I ended up with a Nakaya Piccolo. I haven't taken a picture of it yet. I haven't... Uh, I've been using it, actually, so I haven't stopped to take a picture of it. And it's it's a stunner. It's a clipless model, so it's a cigar. It has a gold, uh, broad sub-nib, or cursive uh-huh. metallic nib. And it's the Heki Tamanuri finish, which is the brown finish with kind of the green edges, which is, like, the best. So it's really, really pretty. And it's just, I don't know. I, and the price was really good. I mean, these are all secondhand, but they they were like in practically perfect condition. Did so. you say it was a portable? Uh, I said, uh, pick, I meant to say piccolo. Okay. Did I say portable? No, that portable is me. Because I'm just trying portable. to find it. So I think I'm looking at the wrong one. Yeah. So it's a Nakaya Piccolo mm-hmm. Heki, H-E-K-I dash Tamanuri. And I said it was clipless, so it's a cigar model, not a writer model. Uh, the portable is my black one. That's my favorite one. Um, the longer one. There we go. So, I found it now. Yeah, sorry. Um, he did actually have the same finish in a different model, the Naka I model, I think. Mm-hmm. It's called. It's longer, and it's got a little bit of taper on the end. And so a gentleman was... It has the clip on it. No, no clip. Right, so it's the... Oof, it's so a, it's called a cigar. cigar? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to find it so people will know when they go to the notes, <laughs> they can look at it. But I, yeah. I get so confused when I'm looking at the Their clients. naming conventions, their naming conventions are very specific and very long. Yeah. it's You got to get all the right words in all the right order. <laughs> this is one of the shorter ones, probably. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it's great. I have it I have it inked up and it's fantastic. I, I'm... I'm getting to the point where I think I might just have to commit to Nakayas and buy like, you know, not spend a lot of money on a lot of pens during the year and buy like, you know, one or maybe two a year and just enjoy, enjoy those because I love it so much. 
I, it's everything I enjoy in a fountain pen hmm. um, from a style and feel and look and story and quality and everything, everything I like in a pen. So um, it was, like I said, it was hard not to buy two, but I didn't want to spend that much money. But uh, I felt that this one was a really good price and uh, I'm really, really happy with it. So I got it inked up sitting here today, writing these notes. All of that I find very interesting. <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little surprised by all of this, to be honest. Well, you don't. This is something you don't ever expect going into a pen show. No. So, like, you don't expect to find these things. So, when you have that opportunity and the style and quality and price all line up, it's pretty good. Like, it feels good. So, it was kind of. It wasn't a no brainer for me, but if I was only going to buy something I really wanted, that was it. I didn't buy anything else. That was the only pen I bought at the show. So. And how good a price is a good price? It was six twenty five. Okay. So, um, I don't know if you've looked them up new or whatever. I don't know if you have a link there. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they go for new, but I would think it'd be more around eight, eight fifty, something like that. Maybe well, not I mean, for the Piccolo, but if I'm looking seven, at the right one on nibs dot com, it's six fifty. Okay. So yeah, so a little bit less than that. Mm-hmm. So that's a good price. But the, you know, but a lot of this stuff is it's more that you were able to get it. Yes, you know, exactly. Like you didn't pay over; you paid kind of a roundabout what it will cost, but you were able to get it. And yep. Typically, you just can't get these things. You can't just go and look at it and pick it up from a place. It's not a thing that you can do very easily, either in the US or the UK. It's like, oh, I'll just go look at the Nakaya. Well, no, right, right. You can't do that. You have to buy it blind, which is why right. I, I I continue to be incredibly hesitant because, right, you know. Oh, as, as Jim has pointed out in the chat room, that a nib grind would obviously add to the cost, right? So that's, yes, that's a yes. good point, right? So yes. So that's already done. You're yeah. very, it's, a, it's a very good point. I overlooked that. Yes, of course. If you had some nib work done, then you've maybe got you maybe got like a hundred or hundred and twenty, hundred and fifty. You know, you've got a good price in eh, there. Probably not that. But, eh, you know, probably that, not that much, but still, depends. it's the pen I wanted at the good at a good mm-hmm. price, and you can like pick it up in your hand and leave with it like that doesn't happen so yeah and that that i think it that is probably the main reason why i've yet to do this because mm-hmm. it's a lot of money and i really don't want to regret it mm-hmm. so i'm i'm kind i kind of remain put off by it and it's like even one of those things like yeah i, c- I can try out all of the component pieces independently right and build right. something that i'll be in theory happy with but i don't know man sometimes You've just got to feel, I sound so ridiculous, maybe, I don't know, like feel like the connection <laughs> with it, like when you hold sure. it and you know it's for you because, you, you know, it's it's like the the uh, king of pen, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I saw it, every time I looked at it on a website, would never buy it. Like, no right. interest in it. Tried it, got goosebumps. So right. good, right? So like sometimes you've just got to try it. So one time, you know, I will go to one of these other pen shows, right, where the, you can get this stuff more easily. So, like, as Tony in the chat room mentions, like, L.A. and San Francisco, you're more likely to pick these up, I guess, maybe. Mm-hmm. So um, one year, like, I want to go to one of those shows one year. So, like, that might I might wait until then. We'll see. And I uh, inked it up. I picked up a bottle of... Um... Faber-Castell Viper Green is one mm-hmm. of the new colors. Um, really kind of a 
bright green, but not like a yellowy bright green, a dark bright green, if that makes sense. Um, it looks perfect in this pen, so super, super happy with it. Uh, I'm, yeah, it's it's one of the most me pens I own, so yeah, it's really, really good. So now I need to work on selling my other pens so I can board buy more Nakayas because apparently that's going to be my thing. Okay. I was wondering if it was going to end up that way, mm-hmm. like if I focused on something, and that might be it. And I'm good with buying like one of those a year. That would be fine. <laughs> but that's the thing about Nakayas is you never know when you're going to run across something. That is the problem. So now I know this seller, and I've already gotten another email. <laughs> so good. even though that was... The only pen I bought, I did get some other stuff. I actually got a lot of stuff that you're going to be seeing in reviews. You know, a bunch of stuff I picked up for reviews coming uh, coming down the pipe. I've sent a bunch of things out to the different writers for the pen addict. So we'll, we'll have some other things. But the best thing I got at the show, Mike, was something you couldn't deliver to me. And that's the Lamy Orange ink cartridge. Mm. So I just want to say thanks to Anna Ink Antidora who was there all the way from Paris. She was in the chat room earlier this morning. We'll see if she's still paying attention. But she brought me two boxes of the cartridges, and they're super great. Like, I really love them. Where did she get them? From the same shop, I believe. We'll have to see if she pops up in the chat room and says, I thought she said she ordered them at the same time we originally mentioned them. Right. Um, and and got two boxes. If not, she might have found them uh, locally uh, to her somewhere. Okay. But I think, I think she bought them at the same time that mm-hmm. you did originally. And uh, this art, this cartridge is great. You can tell they're old because they're about a quarter of the ink is evaporated already, right? That's just what happens to ink cartridges, you know, as they sit over time. Um, you know, they a little bit, a uh, little bit. Um, they're not vanishes. Full. Yeah, they're not full. So she does say she got them at a local Paris shop. So, um, but they're the same boxes that you had. You know, the little not for sale boxes mm-hmm. and. Um, What's even funnier about this ink is I think we found who got your ink cartridges we ordered (laughs) that you ordered. Um, So I got an email from Gil who had this to say about our (laughs) process we went through with these Lamy orange ink cartridges. It says, greetings. I just finished listening to PA319. I think that a certain little shop in a certain UK country, I guess that it, uh, where the place names tend to be very lengthy, lengthy and very unpronounceable, may have recently accidentally filled my order for a certain Lamy orange ink recently that doesn't really exist, leaving an expectant Mike ink list. <laughs> I was overjoyed to receive the five boxes, five boxes that I ordered from the unnamed shop, but now I wonder if I'm not partially responsible for the shortage that caused Mike's order to go unfilled. I'll be at the Dallas Pen Show in September, and I've decided to gift one of my boxes to Brad. So, Mike, if you like... You can keep the remaining cartridges that you managed to get and not worry about sharing any with Brad. Not that, you, <laughs> not that you would anyway. <laughs> then I'll be able to better sleep at night without feeling as though I had hoarded the last known quantity of this rare substance on Earth. So I emailed Gil back and told him that I got two boxes from Anna. And uh, I said, if he wants, still wants to give me one uh, in Dallas, that I will give one away to the Panatic readers. So we'll do that when I get another box of ink cartridges. I will, I will give one away so more people can partake in our fun, um, our fun Lamy Orange obsession that uh, will all go for naught when they launch a Lamy Orange ink, probably within the next six to twelve months. Right? It's got to happen, right? You'd hope so. 
I hope it's this color. This is a very bright color. It's like uh, Ackerman uh, Orange Bovin or Mont Blanc Lucky Orange. Very, very bright, very, very orange. Not yellow, yellowy orange, not brownish orange, just like pure traffic coney type orange. It's really, really good. I like it. All right, so what do we have next? Our good friends at Retro 51, Mike, they listened to last week's podcast. And I'd actually forgot about it. since I was going to follow up with it after you mentioned that, you know, maybe the twist came, the twist on the back of the Retro 51 mm-hmm. tornado was maybe why it was called tornado. Yeah. But both of us were too dense to realize that the shape of the actual tornado pin is in the shape of a tornado. Ah. <laughs> we were too fascinated with the twist. I don't know if I, I if I, I would have ever gotten that. I mean, it's not like pronounced as a tornado, yeah. you know? Yeah, so they uh, tweeted about it and put an image out on Instagram of the first tornadoes they built. They, what they said was, this is a good theory, but the name actually came from the cone shape of an actual tornado. Before it was officially named the tornado, it was called a vintage, which was engraved, engraved on the top ring too. And they put a picture out of some of the very first tornadoes that they made on instagram we'll put a link in the show notes to that so i thought that was cool i love i love when companies are part of the community like this yep. like they're they're not purely uh takers they're also givers and by takers i mean uh just constantly like pushing like just sales without having time. yeah yeah without having a human element that can also reply and converse and you know, teach you things. So it's nice. I love it when companies are responsible, responsive to like the little minutia like this, like this is really neat, you know, to, you know, they, people were having a conversation. They're just not, you know, they're just not out there pushing products all the time. They're conversing with their customers, which I love. So there's no wonder why we love retro 51 so much. Yep. I, it, it is a great satisfaction to me when I can ask a question out into the world and get the answer from the person that knows it. It's right. a great satisfaction. Right. Like it, it feels very good, and it is a good answer. Like, yeah, I can see why you would have called it, but I wouldn't have guessed it. I don't think I ever would have gotten mm-hmm. that. Like, oh, they call yeah. it a tornado because it's shaped like a tornado, but of course it is because it's in a cone, like a kind of semi-cone <laughs> shape. And yeah. I definitely, desperately want a uh, one that has the word vintage stamped on it now. Yeah, so that's the next campaign, right? I think that's already mm-hmm. started. <laughs> that's already because I have some to- old ones, but I don't think they say vintage on them. Yeah, I have just the one old one that I think you have that Tiff gave me. Although uh, Lisa gave us an older one too, well, I, but I think that was still a newer prototype. Yeah. So we'll have to see. I'll have to go check. But yeah, I don't think I have any that say vintage on them, but I'll I'll check. Um, but yeah, the campaign is on to get Micah vintage. So yep. that'll be that'll be cool. We'll work on that. Another company I love, Mike. My love is deep for my friends at CWNT. So Stayway and Taylor who make my beloved pen type B, Mike, they sent me a pen about a year ago just for fun. And I was shocked when I got it. And I actually replied to him. I was like, oh, I used to have something like this when I was a kid. And you see some of these out and about now. But in, in typical pen, uh, excuse me, in typical CWT fashion, they massively... I won't say overly engineer, but they engineer things in a nice, neat, clean CWNT way. So they're doing the pen type C apparently is going to become a thing. And it's nothing like the first two models at all. It's basically a D1 refill pen. And I don't know what the name for these pens are, but they, the style exists before where they have like a snap around 
arm, if you will. I don't know what you would actually call this. It's a small, thin, rectangular pin with this snap thing. Um, and people, if they look at the image, they will recognize this shape. Like I literally had like a larger pin hmm. like this when I was a kid and it fit this ballpoint refill. Well, this this has the ability to just snap in a D1 refill. I've had this thing sitting on my desk forever. It's really cool and really neat. So I'll be interested to see what they do um, when they launch this. Um, I didn't know it was ever going to become a thing when they originally sent it to me. And, and I don't think they did either, but uh, looks like it's time is here. What do you think about this? Probably, I know this isn't your style of pen, but what do you think about it just in general? Well, I mean, one, I don't know what it looks like. Right, mm-hmm. because I I can't see it. The image doesn't isn't super clear. You have it in front of yep. you, so you know how it looks. Um, mm-hmm. I will say that I'm probably going to be more intrigued in this than the pen type A and B because I just don't like mm-hmm. the A and B. Really, it's just not yeah. my thing. Well, okay, let's just rephrase that. I like it when it's closed. Mm-hmm. I don't like mm-hmm. it when you take the pen out. So I'm I'm excited. I know they make good stuff. I'm keen to see what it mm-hmm. looks like. Um, it's, I will say it is ultra thin, like hmm. it's, it's as thick as it needs to be to fit that wire to snap over and latch into it. And that's it. And it's titanium. So it's ultra light, ultra thin, ultra small. Well, no, I mean, you don't want to hold it for long writing sessions, but I'm one who can use rectangular barrels, right? I have, you know, I always raved about my moleskin rectangular barrel, even though it's large, the, uh, uh, I'm blanking on the name that just did this, the TI, the tech accessories. Um, they just did a pen that's rectangular in shape. I can use those. You don't want to write a novel with them, but as a portable, like EDC type pen, it's really, really good for short notes and quick writing. So yeah, hmm. this is, it's really neat. Um, now that they've done that, maybe I can take some pictures of it. I was always, you know, just keeping that on the, you know, I, it wasn't a real thing, so I didn't want to publicize it, but I'll, I'll shoot them an email and see if I can start taking pictures of this and give you some comparisons. Cause it's really, it's, you can't tell how small it is based on the photo that they, that they sent. Um, but it's, it's pretty small, which is a feature. Like I, I really like it because of that. Yeah. It's certainly interesting. Is it, yep. do you know, like, are they going to put it on Kickstarter? Is that the plan? I mean, they gave it a name and are taking shots of it, so I'm guessing so. The last few things they've done have all been on Kickstarter, the the atomic clock thing and the key ring thing. So yeah, they are a the Kickstarter company. B was yep, hmm. yep. So all right, I, I'm sure it is, but they haven't uh, I haven't heard from them uh, in a while. So I'll shoot them an email, see what the deal is going to be. All right, today's show is also brought to you by our friends. Over at Squarespace, they will let you easily create a website for your next idea so you can make your next move with Squarespace. They have all of the tools that you need and all of the stuff that you want to deal with and none of the stuff that you don't want to. So, for example, you can pick from beautifully award-winning, very customizable templates so you can choose one and you can customize as much as you want or as little as you want and your website's going to look great. That's the type of stuff you want to do. You want to make your website look the way you want it to do. You don't want to have to worry about hosting. You don't want to have to worry about security upgrades and patches. Squarespace take care of all of that stuff. 
No matter what type of website you want to build, they have all the functionality for it. You can add blogs, you can add portfolios, you can add music blocks, so you can play, you can upload music to your site and have people come and listen to it, maybe if you're a band. And you can even create an online store with Squarespace. It's something that Brad Dowdy has done. The Knock website is a uh, Squarespace site, so everything there is all managed via the Squarespace commerce system. They have award-winning 24-7 customer support to back everything up. You can also grab domain names. You can register domain names there. They have absolutely everything. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that will let you help let you put anything that you want on line their plans start at just $12 a month but you can start a trial today with no credit card required just go to squarespace.com slash pen addict you can sign up you can play around with it and when you're ready to put your website out into the world make sure that you use the code pen addict when you go to check out because that will get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show once again that is squarespace.com slash pen addict and the code pen addict to get 10% of your first purchase our thanks to Squarespace for the continued support of this show, Squarespace. Make your next move, make your next website. So on Squarespace Pro Tip, if you're on their shop platform or commerce platform, they have an app and uh, we got an inventory alert for one of our cases while we were away and we knew we had more of them in the shop. So we just used, I used the app on my phone, added more inventory to one of the Brasstown colors and that was it. That Can is do a that pro away tip. from home. Pro tip. Pro tip. All right, now the pro tip section of the show is called mm-hmm. Ask TPA, um, where we give terrible advice about all your stationary needs. Yes. <laughs> so Jonathan asks, Brad, now that you have returned from the Washington, D.C. Fountain Pen Super Show, and let's just clarify, it's the Fountain Pen Dot Super Show. I saw that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we can't have a, a D.C. show without badge mistakes, so uh, that was uh, <laughs> that was a large one. So I've returned and I've seen almost every pen available. What is the fountain pen you love the most and would always replace if broken or lost? It would probably be, be my Nakaya Portable or my Pilot Murex. Like I think I will always need to have those pens with me. So my Nakaya Portable was my first Nakaya. It's still my favorite Nakaya. It's the one I use the most. Uh, it's the one that means the most to me. And if something happened to it where I lost it, I would certainly replace it. Although the color I have it in is not available anymore. So that's kind of the kicker there. And then secondly, the Pilot Murex is just a pen that speaks to me on so many levels. If I ever lost that pen, I would always want it because uh, it's just such an amazing pen, an amazing writer, an amazing piece of technology. But in the same vein, they don't make it anymore. That's true. But I I can round them up. Um, you know, the, the, I would have an easier time replacing the Murex than getting the exact Nakaya possible that I, yep. that I made, that I have. Mm-hmm. So yeah, those would be mine. So you have a second part of this question, but I want to know your answer to this part of the question. So you have a completely separate question directed oh, at you coming up, but mine. what about this? So the pen that I would alt, like would replace without shadow of a doubt, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I thought this was an easy answer. I thought I knew it. I don't know. Uh, probably my my M ninety. Yep, that's right. Which is why I bought for a second one, which right. has never been used. <laughs> right. So 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 that's why you can't answer that. That's why you were hesitating to answer that question because you're already kind of covered. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like it's like I don't know if 
I, I, I don't know if I necessarily would call the M90 my favorite pen. Like, it goes backwards and forwards, right? Like, I have other pens that sometimes will edge out, like some of my uh, sailors right now, I would consider to like that I, I like them more. But mm-hmm. I would. But would you replace them? Like, there's always exactly, another sailor probably coming. Probably not, right? Like, and that's, that's why I was like struggling with that question a little bit. But the mm-hmm. M90, I feel like I have to, for the rest of my life, have one of those. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's the most consistent pen I've ever used. Right, right. Like, when I came back from my trip, right, I was away for pretty much three weeks, maybe close to a month, right? And every pen that I've picked up that has been on my desk, I've had to give it some time, give it some shakes, right, to get it working again. Mm-hmm. Not the M90. Right. It's just ready right. to go. Yeah. And someone actually uh, tweeted at us or... or... There was a comment saying someone picked up an M90 this weekend uh, because of you. I can't remember who that was, but uh, yeah. So Jonathan continued with a Mike question here. What is the pen that has failed you in every way and you would never own again? Visionaire excluded. All right. So I struggle with this question because... This is a tough question. Well, because I feel like I, there is there, there wouldn't be an answer. Like I can't think of a pen that I have bought that has failed me in every way because... If something could fail me in every single way, I never would have bought it. Right. Right? Because there would have been something that I would have realized before I purchased it. Like, that's almost like buying a pen without ever seeing it. Right? Because I I bought pens that have failed me in certain ways, but never on looks. Right? Sure. You know what I mean? So, like, if I will buy a pen because I've used it and it feels good, but I don't like the look of it. That's, but then it's not failed me in every way. But other than that, if I've ever used a pen that didn't end up working out for me, I I still bought it because I like the look of it. So, oh, it gotcha. was Jonathan so, Brooks that got an M ninety. Yeah, okay, I knew it was someone. He, he made tweeted. a good choice. I was, pr- I was proud of him. So yeah. I'm so, gonna say I'm gonna give two different things here. I'm gonna give my biggest fall from grace. I think that's a good way to put it. When you put that, I was like, that's exactly how to to put it. So it's like a pen that I purchased and ended up not working out for me. And then the biggest disappointment that I've ever used. So the Pilot mm. Fall from... There you go. I've spoiled it. The biggest fall from grace <laughs> is the Pilot <laughs> Vanishing Point because I, I coveted that pen. I love the way it looks. I bought it, but I can't use it because it's too uncomfortable for me. The clip makes mm-hmm. it too uncomfortable for me. So I, I, that is a pen that I still love the way those look. I love the way the click feels. They work so great, but I just can't use it over extended periods of time. So what am I supposed to do? You know. Then the other mm-hmm. one, my biggest disappointment is the Aurora Optima. I don't think mm-hmm. I've ever been more disappointed when using a pen. I, I picked up yours. <laughs> And it was almost like nails on a chalkboard for me. And, and I've tried a couple of Auroras since, and they just it just doesn't work for me. I don't like them, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's that firm, fine nib in mine. It is. Like you you hated it the minute you oh. picked it up, whereas I like really enjoy writing with it. You know, I was so excited to try it because you were like going crazy over it. And yeah, I put it yeah. down, and it was like, Bleh. and so Cupcake Girls mentioned I need a clipless vanishing point. I've used them. For some reason, still doesn't work for me, and then I also don't like the holes. Yeah, you've tried Liz's pens uh, yeah. in Atlanta before, and they're way better. They're way more comfortable, mm-hmm. but it still doesn't work for me for some reason. Right, right. I don't know that I have a. I, I'm kind of like you. I don't know that I even have. I could even name a fall from grace or disappointment, like right off the top of my head. Now I spent a bit of time thinking about my answers to those questions yeah. this morning. 
I can tell you a pen that gets rave reviews and I still recommend it, but I never ink it up anymore. And that's my Lamy 2000. Hmm. I just, you know, it's fine. Like I just have yeah. other pens that I mine, use more. Mine has gone into storage now. It used to be on my yeah. desk for a long time. I love that mm-hmm. pen. It's a great pen. I just I never have any ex- reason to use it. There's always something else I want to use yeah. more. Yeah, and I had nib troubles with mine, right? I had it worked on twice, and so maybe I just have this mental block about it. So I don't know if it's a fall from grace or a disappointment, but it just hasn't hit the rotation in quite a long time. So Jonathan with the trifecta, all in all in one email here. Finally, Michael, Marmite. Love it or hate it? Have you ever tried Marmite? No, because I know okay, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> I haven't tried it either. But I would try it. Like I'm game for trying almost anything, um, except like fire peppers. I don't. I, don't, I have no intention of yeah. killing myself. Marmite won't kill me. It'll just be nasty, or it'll be fine. So I would try Marmite. This is not a suggestion for anyone to bring me Marmite at a future show. I want to make that perfectly clear. But uh, I have no answer to this question because I've never tried it. All right. Next question, Mike. We got from Bree on Twitter. Has the she's sent in a picture, and we'll put the link to the picture mm-hmm. in the show notes, so people who are unaware of this issue uh, can see for themselves. She says, "Has the ink just crystallized at the edges from non-use, or is it bad ink? Should I get a new nib?" So she sent a picture of her Pilot Metropolitan, and she's getting like that ink bloom and crystallization, like out the sides of the feed underneath the nib. Generally, it's from lack of use. Um, sometimes it is bad ink. And I noticed that she didn't say what ink she used. So we don't have that bit of information, but in almost all cases, it's easily cleanable. Um, as a matter of fact, this happened to me for the first time ever, Mike, Hmm. in as long as I've been using fountain pens, I have really good fountain pen hygiene. I clean my pens regularly and between Atlanta and DC, I had a lot of pens in use and a lot of pens I wasn't cleaning. And I had a Franklin Kristoff with a Mont Blanc Lucky Orange ink cartridge in it that did this. Like the ink crystallized, it gunked up around the nib, it like grew, you know. It was like, you know, um, one of those sea monkeys that you get, you know, you put in the the water (laughs) and they expand like that. But it's just because I like I don't have any reason to believe it's bad ink it's that i just didn't use the pen and it just kind of sat there and did its thing so you know it's easy to clean off just be careful that you're cleaning your pens regularly and if it's some extreme ink shoot us a shoot me an email shoot another tweet out and let me know what ink it is you know different people have problems with different inks and there's no one ink that does it more than the others so it's generally just from lack of use and the ink flowing. So if it just sits there, it tends to do that from time to time. This You shouldn't experience this all the time. Then you know it's a bad ink. I'm just going to say people always get on me about my fountain pen cleaning. This has never happened to me. Yeah, no, yeah. this And it, like, it happened to me for my first time ever recently, and I just made a mental note of it. Huh, that's, that's new. All right, so Evan wants to know, if I love the refill that comes in the Retro 51, what? red refill can i get that will give me the close experience and still fit the retro i think those schmitz come in red do they not i don't it's not know the same though right yeah it's still the 8127 um but if not monteverde 
makes a compatible refill. They also have them in gel and they have them in, I don't know, five, eight colors. Red's certainly one of them. So Monteverde, I need to get the, I, as much as I recommend that refill and everyone can find it pretty easily, I don't know the actual name of that refill. I should probably, from what I can uh, find, I should probably P8, know that and put it in a P8 shortcut. 126 mm-hmm. comes in blue, black, green, and red. Okay. Well, there you go. But the that's what I thought. P8 127, which is the real good one, just mm-hmm. comes in black and blue. Okay. PA-126 is what I use anyway. Yeah, so but that... Get, the, get, but get the, that um, in red. The 126 uh, is is good, and it comes in red and green, and I have the green in the uh, Baron Fig. Yeah, the experiment. So mm-hmm. they ship, that's why I was thinking they came in red, because I knew they came in green and blue. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you can get just the regular Schmidt in the P8126, hey, which is the superior. wild for you. Right, so it just did an episode of Thoroughly Considered and found out something mm-hmm. kind of bonkers. So the guys are making the Mark One, right, which is the is their pen which takes the Schmidt refill, and they were looking into buying the refills, right? So they needed to buy the refills so they could put them in the pens. So they were go- they went to uh, the U.S. distributor of the Schmidt refill, and they got a quote, and it was crazy expensive. They compared it with a quote that they got from Schmidt directly, and it the the quote from Schmidt directly was like half the price. <laughs> but the only way you can get it from Schmidt is it has to be custom branded. Hmm. So you can get a custom branded, they get a Studio Neat branded version with their own model number, the same way that Retro Fifty One do, right? So you get the Retro Fifty One; mm. it's got its own model number. You get it for one price, or for twice the price, you can buy it from the U.S. distributor of the Schmidt refill. Nice. So, Feature. Studio Neat are going to have <laughs> Studio yeah. Neat branded versions, yeah. and then they're going to sell them on their website as well, right? So, like, because right. you can't say, you cannot say it is the Schmidt P8126 or 127 on the refill. It ha- that right. cannot be on it. It has to be branded as if you created it. It is one of the mm. weirdest things I've heard. And, and my assumption is just, like, it is the markup that the U.S. distributor is using, but they are losing mm-hmm. money by doing this. Yeah. So, so they, they um, uh, that's how what Retro Fifty One does. That's what Baron Fig does. So yep. there's a lot of, and now uh, you know why. That's a lot of a lot of people that have their their custom branded Retro Fifty yep. One. So if you ever see I mean, people the, do the Schmitz. Schmidt pen and they got a, a custom branded refill, now you know why they have a custom branded refill because they because it's they cheaper. Will not, they will not fools. <laughs> All right, Ben has the one of the many answers I got. I got so many responses to this question we asked last week. Last week, so Ben says in the Ask TPA questions last week, a listener asked about protecting the Rotring six hundred tip. I had the same question. I had the same want, and found that a Uniball Onyx cap works perfectly. Here are photos of the pen and pencil, and I cut one of the caps to show how the tip is protected. So I got so many response. I bet I had at least ten responses to this. Most of them all revolved around some form of pen cap, usually the Big Crystal. And someone actually brought me one to the pen show in a Papermate ballpoint cap. So lots of people that carry the Rotring 600 use just cheap ballpoint pen caps that slide on there and fit perfectly, even the Onyx here, without modification. 
So there were a couple of eraser suggestions, especially the ones that slide over the backs of pens, you know, the larger triangle erasers, which I think mm-hmm. we mentioned last week. But pen cap, unused pen cap seems to be the runaway winner based on my mentions and inbox. So I thought that to be quite interesting. There were a lot of people who are very passionate about this subject and I appreciate them all reaching out. It was kind of funny. All right. Last one this week, Lucy speaking my language here. Any idea where to find green and pink double ended highlighters? Lots of primary schools in the UK use only those two colors for marking. And I never seem to have the one I want in my hand. Everything I find is yellow. Please say this exists. Lucy, you're in luck. Almost. (laughs) Well, I did some research. Yeah. Spent some time today and I did some research. And here's Mm -hmm. the thing, Brad. I Mm -hmm. don't know exactly what Lucy is asking for. Mm -hmm. Is she asking for a pink and a green highlighter that has two thicknesses, one on each end? Mm -hmm. Or... Is Lucy asking for a highlighter that has both pink and green ink? So Yes to both. Exactly. I have options, <laughs> potentially, for all of this. This is all at JetPens. Uh, there are many double-end highlighters that you can get, right? So you can yes. go for... Uh, I looked, and one that seemed pretty popular on JetPens was the uh, Zebra Mild Liner Double-Sided Highlighter. You can get that in pink. You can get that in green. You can get it in about a billion colors if you want. So that's one that you can go for. Or this was a cool thing that I found. I was like, I surely can do better than this. So our our favorite company that makes highlighters is Kokuyo, mm-hmm. and they do the beetle mm-hmm. tip. So I would also right. recommend if you do just want a green and a pink, go for Kokuyo because you actually don't need two ends because the Kokuyos are really cool in that it's both on the same end, right? You have one kind of tip, but it does two thicknesses. So they're really cool. They're actually three-way, so check those out. They're really good. I love those things. It's my favorite highlighter that I've ever come across. But using their incredible technology, they have created a dual-color highlighter. Mm -hmm. So one highlighter, it has two tips on the same end. One is one color, one is another color. But here's the problem. They do a green, two versions of a green and purple, not a green and pink. But I'm expecting you could probably get away with that. Yeah, maybe. And the the pink options both come with yellow. So there's actually two pink options. They mm-hmm. both come with a yellow option. So there's not a perfect match, but there's lots of dual tip highlighters. Maybe one will work. I absolutely hey, recommend you never know. anything like, from Kakuya. I haven't used one of these. You might be able to buy it and force it out and then just, you know. So you yeah, buy right. you buy one that has the pink and yellow and one that has the purple and green and you just kind of mess with it until you can make mm-hmm. your own version. I don't know. Yeah, so it comes that there's like a there's blue and orange and green and purple and then a bunch of light shades, but there's not an exact match for pink and green, but Kakuyo needs to make that happen. Come on, Kakuyo. We love you. You make the best highlighters. So uh make this happen for Lucy. You're so close. Well, unless what Lucy actually wants is just thick and thin. Yep. I don't know. So Lucy, yep. I hope that we've given you something. It's a start. Mm-hmm. And this is the end, Michael. Okay. Forever? I'm done with you. I'm done with you. It's over. Well. At least for today. Okay. We'll see. Maybe we'll come back next week, huh? 
Okay, I, I see how so. you feel. If you want to find our show notes for this week, relay.fm slash penaddict slash 320. Thanks to Harry's and Squarespace for the support of this week's episode. You should be a cool person, dear listener, and you should go to twitch.tv slash penaddict. And you should do two things. You should follow, so you'll find out when Brad is going to go live of his wonderful stream. And then you should hit the subscribe button and give Brad some money because he's amazing. Brad streams video games <laughs> like most people on Twitch, but he also streams what you're looking for, which is pen stuff. So you can see yes. reviews and masterclasses from the wonderful Mr. Brad Dowdy. So go to twitch.tv slash penaddict for that. You can find everything that Brad does mostly at penaddict.com or knock.co. And he tweets at dowdyism. It's on Instagram. He's pen addict. I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E on Twitter and Instagram, so you should follow me there. I will let you know in case this is such a thing which is interesting to you. We are expecting wedding photos this week, so what? if you want to be inundated with those, go follow me <laughs> on Instagram. It's Instagram.com slash iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad Dowdy. Goodbye, Brad Dowdy. <laughs>